The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Welcome to River Cafe Table 4, a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. Everyone knows Tracy Ullman as a brilliant woman who acts, sings, makes us laugh, produces, and directs work, which makes us think differently about the world we live in. I'm lucky enough to know Tracy as all of the above, but also as a friend, a mother, and quite simply, the sweetest person ever. In a time of doubt and indecision, one of the best yeses I've ever had was when Tracy agreed to sing Our Love Is Here To Stay at the River Cafe 30th birthday party. Our love is here to stay Together we're Going a long, long way In time I think I'm Rosemary Clooney The Rockies may crumble Gibraltar may tumble, they're only made of clay, but, and I sang, I love is here to stay, I love the river cafe. Have you ever seen 1,500 people cry? As my guest, Tracy and I will talk about food and memories, life, work, family and friendship, two women, two friends, whose love is for sure definitely here to stay. Oh, Ruthie. Oh, I've gone all tingly. Yeah, yeah, well, we're tingly. So, likewise, so, have a very, very nice so introduction. Good to be with you. And you're going to read your favorite recipe, which is so interesting that you chose that recipe because it not everybody knows it many people haven't had it and you chose it as yours so would you like to read the recipe for agaretti with tomato and pan grattato okay shall i tell you why i chose it or shall i read Everything. the recipe you and can then do I've, whatever i just you love want. this and i've only ever had a gretti at your restaurant and then when i said i was going to read this and i didn't know where a gretti was from and i wish i could find it as i was talking to you literally i walked into a shop and found some it's like samphire a little bit, isn't it? It's like a yeah. asparagus. A yeah, it of, is. It's a it's, river. It grows along yeah. the riverbank. You know, it has that grassy, oh, grassy, grassy yes. taste. And you always, you know, you have it. So it's very simple, but I like vegetables and mm. I like Italian vegetables. And this is just a very, very simple thing, but it's just so you. And I love it. Agretti with tomato and pan grattato. Serves six to eight, or if I'm around, serves me. Mm. 600 grams of agretti, one stale ciabatta loaf, olive oil, slow-cooked tomato sauce. Snap off the bottom stalks from the agretti just below the long leafy tops. Pulse chop the bread into breadcrumbs. Heat some olive oil in a frying pan and shallow fry the breadcrumbs until they are golden. 
lift out with a slotted spoon and drain well on kitchen paper. Warm the tomato sauce. Blanch the agretti in a pan of rapidly boiling salted water for three minutes or until tender. Drain and dry on kitchen paper to remove all the excess water. Put the agretti on a plate and spoon over the tomato sauce. Sprinkle with the breadcrumbs and serve while warm. Delicious. Hmm, delicious. Interesting that you chose this and you said you found it in your local shop, you know, and there it was and how food has changed. But what, did you grow up with Italian food? My father, who sadly died when I was six, was Polish. And so he liked lots of pickled things and soured creams. And he was always putting things under the sink and, you know, mm. fermenting things and goose at Christmas and very complex sort of chocolate coffee nut torts at mm. Christmas. That was that sort of food he liked. And my mother was a South London lady who was very simple food, always grew her own vegetables, mm. and I grew my own vegetables, mm. and I, I wasn't allowed sugar or fast food, and I didn't like it. And I would just run home from school and pick the spinach that we'd planted and radishes, and I liked greens. And she was a simple cook, but very good. Because she was yeah. like, you know, wartime kid and dig for oh. victory, mm. you know, sort of worked on the land and she just really liked good, simple food, my mother. But your father died when, when you were six, which was very young, but you have a strong memory of him, as you say, pickles. And mm. is that a strong association for you of your father with food and his cooking? Yes, because it was unusual food. Oh. And when you're fermenting things under the kitchen sink, mm. it's kind of strange when your friends come home and, yeah. you know... And he liked, you know, cucumber and dill and lemon. And I always remember he bigus. He would make bigus and uh, a kind of Polish mm. sausage dish. Mm. It took ages to make. Everything in Poland takes days to make. It's yeah. very complex, yeah. slow-cooked yeah. stuff. Was he born in Poland? Kluskis, Platskis, you know, yeah. all sorts of... He was born in Poland. He came over during the war. He was at Dunkirk with the Free Polish Army and was one of the soldiers that was rescued and brought to England. And he never went back. Then he was a lawyer and an interpreter and he had a business in Slough in in England and near London. And uh, he was very successful and worked too hard and sadly died very early. But... um, yeah, he was uh, quite a guy. And it's interesting how I think people who have immigrated from other cultures or from countries, they remember those smells and the food of their family bringing their culture to this country and how much yeah. richer we are because of it. Rye yeah. bread and, of yeah. course, caviar. Was a, it was yeah. cheaper back then. You really? could, Did you, you know, have caviar? Yeah. Wow. And uh, when I first had a bit of money to spend, I would buy caviar. Yeah, I mean, I never did I drugs did. or drink, yeah. girls. I was a caviar. Luxury, I had a, like a $500 yeah. a week addiction. Yeah. And yeah. now it's so expensive. Yeah. Back in the 80s, yeah. you could still get Iranian caviar. Yeah. And I love caviar. Yeah, I, love I love caviar. caviar too. Yeah. And did your mother, would she cook with you? Did you cook with her? She would just, as I say, she wasn't fancy cook, just very hmm. simple, very plain. But would you and be we, in the we, kitchen? We would like, for her and me, I'm still like this today, a meal for me is I'll buy mushrooms, watercress, radishes, I don't know, a piece of mozzarella mm. and some strawberries, and that's a meal to me. Did you go to restaurants, whatever? No, couldn't yeah. afford it. You know, yeah. we'd have nice picnics in the park and just fresh things and growing mm. our vegetables. And um, no, we never ate out. Mm. 
And then... Um, Do you remember your first, when that kind of changed for you? Yeah, I was um, 16. I left school at 16 and I um, went to Berlin as a dancer with a Did big you? group of wonderful, fun people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we used to eat out because we lived in a, I lived in a room with two other girls. And for some reason, we used to go to an Italian restaurant in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And I remember that, you know, have pizza fungi yeah. and spaghetti cabanaras. And it was very, very good. Mm-hmm. And that was glamorous to me. Mm-hmm. And have a, always mm-hmm. have a bottle of Liebfrau-Milch mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Italian food. But I remember that, starting to eat out that way. And as a dancer, did you find there's a discipline that you had to have to eating? Did you find that you could perform if you'd had a, a night out the night before or that, you know? That no, we, could, we didn't eat till like two in the morning. We, this was oh. crazy. We were like, we used to go out after the show and come get in at like 10 show. in the morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were pretty wild. But, uh, but we had a wonderful girl with us, a dancer called Sarah Brown, mm-hmm. who went on to become a professional chef. I think she wrote books and had her own television yeah. programs here. Mm-hmm. And she used to cook mm-hmm. for us. So we had this amazing woman yeah. cooking for us. How long did you live there? About four months, five months. Right. And was that your first real trip away yeah. from, from home? Yeah. I loved it. Though. Yeah, did you? Berlin in the yeah. 70s. Yeah. It was so sexy and yeah. fun and crazy and decadent and I loved it. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Help helps is a maxim I believe in. We all carry around stress and hardship, and when we keep it inside, it starts to chip away. Therapy is a safe place, and therapy is for everyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit betterhelp.com slash Ruthie today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ruthie. Betterhelp.com slash Ruthie. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Leaving home, do you remember your routine of sort of how you would work and then eat and cook or... I never really lived on my own. I um I met somebody I was engaged when I was quite young. But if I did eat on my own, which I I did because I like this strange stuff as I keep mm. going back to watercress, almonds, blueberries, even then just really simple sliced mushrooms, mm. avocados. And it was hard getting avocados so even. I used so to say with my friend in the East End and you'd say to the greengrocer there, Hello, do you have an avocado? Oh ah, I might well get one of those yeah. at Christmas, love. Not yeah. much call for them. <laughs> well, some nice leeks. Nah, I was looking for an avocado, really. No leeks. No, yeah. avocados. Why, one weakness that everybody always sold in England, and they still do, is mm. bird's eye chicken pie. Oh, tell me about that. I think they're about a pound, yeah. Ruthie. Yeah. And they're just, it's something about the short crust pastry. Yeah. People, so I know famous chefs, English chefs, talk about these bird's eye chicken pies, and they're delicious. Okay. 
There's nothing like one of those with some gravy on it and some yeah. Brussels sprouts when you're cold in November and you come home. I still like a bird's eye chicken pie, and that's the sort of gosh, that's the craziest thing I eat. Normally, I'm just very yeah. simple, organic. You know, yeah. I guess my life started when I met my husband Alan, who you knew, who yes, sadly I did. passed away a few I did. years ago. What a man! Yeah, and he really just did he, took me to fantastic did places. He? He's took me to the Royal Crescent and Bath, you know, mm. and we had lobsters and, and we used to love the Caprice. That room was wonderful. Yeah. All those photographs and great food, interesting food. Places like the Horn of Plenty in mm. Devon. Mm. There was always like people that had oh, literally yeah. rest. Yeah. yeah. What's your name? Woman chef, was yes. it? Yes. Yeah. And you'd go remember. there and there'd be this wonderful old country house and a cat having kittens in the, mm. in the sort of front hallway. Mm. Oh, come in. <laughs> and they'd say that, or we'd find places where they'd say things like, Daphne's a little nervous of her custards. <laughs> you know? Custards. Yes. She's been terribly nervous of her custards yeah. today. And you'd say, the custard's marvellous, Daphne. Mm. She'd say, oh, is it really? Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. And then I went to live in L.A. with Alan. I really had lived in America for 30 years, and Los Angeles was terrible for food. What was that like? It was terrible. It was yeah. iceberg lettuce and yeah. burgers and, you know, yeah. just... It, it, now it's wonderful. There's lots, mm. all sorts of organic markets mm. and, you know, farmer's markets. But in the 80s, it was terrible. It was like Vegas food. Mm. And New York, too. Yeah. It was like they'd have Italian food. You want red, you want white sauce, you want clams, <laughs> you like eggplant. What do you want, darling? You want an eggplant? Parmesan? Yeah. Uh, but now, I mean, of course, it was, yeah. you know, now food is wonderful. But yeah, it was all very, like, you know, heavy sauces. But when you went to LA, were you working? What were you doing? Oh, what yes. Were you acting in? I, yeah. Well, I was pregnant. And mm-hmm. I had my daughter Mabel in 86. And then um, I did a television shows for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I uh, would always spend the summers here and couldn't wait to get to. We used to go to Sardinia a lot mm. when the kids were small because the Italians just love children. Mm. What about when you go to a restaurant with somebody? What do you look for in a restaurant? What do you like about a restaurant? I don't eat out a lot, really. I, my daughter's a wonderful cook, and her and her husband, Harry, make wonderful things. What do they um, make? They, all sorts. He'll make the best gaspacho in the world. Oh, what's it It'll like? take him hours, and there'll only be two cups, and you mm. go, oh, Harry, I could just eat this forever. My daughter's neighbour is Simon Hopkinson. And to have Simon Hoppy knock on your door Mm. and give you some salmon pate and some gazpacho and some rhubarb crumble, we get very spoilt by him. You are very loved in the River Cafe because you form relationships. I've seen you. I've seen the way you are, you know, with the waiter, the way you have. You don't need to be their friend, but you are respectful and you're kind. But there's some, you've got some wonderful staff that I've known over the wow. years. And I like Bassam. I like yeah. teasing him about his trousers. Because yeah. <laughs> he wears pink trousers, he wears yellow trousers. And I always say, you wear yeah. raspberry trousers, Bassam. Yeah. You know, yeah. no, and a gilet. And start uh, yeah, jumping around to Coldplay records. Yeah. You're going to get a slap, you know. And we just do silly things. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I knew Rose. Yeah, tell me about wonderful, that wonderful, late, great yeah. partner. I met Rose Gray in New York in the 80s. And I remember going to Nels Campbell, who's a friend of mine in Australia, Nelka, her nightclub. Mm. And uh, about three in the morning, she said, Darling, let's get Rose. Are you hungry? And you'd mm. think, three in the morning. But yes, of course I am, Nell. Let's get this. This wonderful lady's going to make us something to eat. And Rose was so quiet. And she started bringing out these little samples of things that were so divine. I'm like, wow, Rose is amazing. And we just all sat and talked and, you know, 
was, was saying those things like, mm. you should have your own restaurant. Yeah. You're brilliant. Uh-huh. You're, and she went yeah. on to meet yeah, you. Yeah, she did. That's how it all started. Yeah. She was with Nell and it, uh, Nels in New York. And then when Rose decided to come back, that's when we, we started the River Cafe. I called her up and wow. said, I think there's this little site in the middle of nowhere. Should we go have a look? And we did, and the rest is wow. kind of history. So we did that. She was you know. just brilliant. Didn't yeah, have she an ego was. And, yeah. I mean, there must be a lot of egos in the food business. I think that when I came into this profession, people warned me that it would be competitive, that people would be, other chefs would be resentful, that we were two women who didn't know very much, that we'd started from scratch, as it were. And um, I found it so kind and inclusive and the people I think the people who were starting then the Jeremy Kings the Sally Clarks the Roly Lees the Simon Hopkinsons were of a different we wanted to say we can do great food we can do great atmosphere and we can be respectful you know the idea of the old-fashioned chef was kind of something we did not want to be and then when Rose died in 2010 um, it was staggering to see the support that I had, mm. you know, that mm-hmm. suddenly a chef would arrive and, you know, say, do you have time for a coffee? Or a manager would come and say, let's sit outside and have a drink. And somebody's accounts manager would say, do you need some help? Or Georgia Locatelli, Jeremy King would say, do you need a recipe? I mean, it was very, very supportive. So I think it hasn't been my experience of, of ego um, you know I'm sure it's there but if you surround yourself I'm sure it's the same thing in the theatre mm. it's who you become friends with there's a lot happening these days but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Tell me about what you're working on. What is your... Um, Next project. Well, I'm, I've had some nice things to do the last few years. I did the Mrs. America mm. with Kate Blanchett that was on um, FX. Yes. And that was all about... Right. I played Betty Fredan, which I was know. a wonderful person to get to be, a sort mm. of iconic American feminist. And um, I loved doing that. I was in Canada for like 10 months doing oh. that. It was a long shoot. Oh. Yeah. So I spent a long time there. And then, um, well, then this whole lockdown thing yeah. happened. I'm not doing my shows at the moment. I, I'm I'm 61 now, you know. I just uh, not that I'm old or anything. Sure I just want to do it's stuff beautiful. that I want to do. Yeah. I always see what comes up. You yeah. know, I, I love being in London more near my daughter and my Very grandchildren. Grand. And yeah. I had a long marriage. I was married 30 years. My husband died seven years ago now, and that was really hard to become someone 
I'm, you know, I didn't want to become really. I mean, I liked the version I could be of myself with him. You, you saw him many times, Alan, and, and we had a wonderful life together, and we worked together. And I've had to really adjust right. to being another version of myself. But I'm doing good. You're doing good, You're and doing good. Um, happy. And he'd be happy. He would. Um, he loved his food. Yeah, <laughs> Alan loved his food. I remember. I remember. I can close yep. my eyes and see him right now. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, he loved it here and we you know we came here with the children mm. when they were tiny and they yeah. used to roll around while we were eating our food it was always so great to bring the kids mm. here Mabel had her 30th birthday here you know I think back to that birthday when you sang and there are two things we can do I would love you to tell me about your comfort food when you think of Alan or you feel somehow less than hungry when mm. you sometimes just need that bit of comfort is there a food that you would turn to well, I do like my chicken pie, my bird's eye chicken yes. pie. Mind you, I haven't had one of those in a while. So, um, what's my comfort food? Um, I love chocolate. Hmm? I love really good 80% chocolate. But it has to be in the freezer. I put my ah. chocolate in the freezer and I break off one square every day. And I think it's very good for female yeah. brains. Yeah. And I can eat a piece of dark chocolate and then I can write and write. Okay. Well, that's, um. a, that's a beautiful answer. Why, you know, I love chocolate, chocolate nemesis You're here. a woman. Oh, the chocolate nemesis. So we can go the word is so right funny. Now. Mabel always goes, nemesis, nemesis. <laughs> nemesis. And everything goes like Martin Scorsese film, you know, when they're taking drugs in Goodfellas. Nemesis. Mm. <sighs> See, how ridiculous. Thank you, Tracy. The other thing we could do before we say goodbye and go have a piece of chocolate nemesis, is to sing a song. And would you like to sing your song? I think our listeners should know. I had a very, very brief career as a pop singer in the early 80s. I I had a wonderful song called They Don't Know About Us, written by the late, great Kirsty McColl. And so I sing sort of like Minnie Mouse... Having I think you've taken helium. I know you were so you sweet, and you rang me up voice. and you said for your thirtieth anniversary, would would I sing? I thought, why would Ruth ask me to sing? Mm. And I was so flattered. And I said, what shall I sing? And you went, do you know the song I like? You were on the phone. You went, it's very clear. <laughs> Our love is here to stay, not for a year, but ever and a day. The radio and the telephone and the movies that we know may just be passing fancies and in time may go. But oh my dear, our love is here to stay. Together we're going a long, long way. In time, the Rockies may crumble. Gibraltar may tumble, they're only made of clay. But, and I sang, our love is here to stay. I love the river cafe. And we love you, Tracy. I love you. Thank you. (laughs) Very much. So lovely to do this in person. This holiday season, if you can't come to the River Cafe, the River Cafe will come to you. Our beautiful gift boxes are full of ingredients we cook with and design objects we have in our homes. 
River Cafe olive oil, Tuscan chocolates, Venetian glasses, a Florentine Christmas cake made in our pastry kitchen, and more. We ship them everywhere. To find out more or to place your order, visit shoptherivercafe.co.uk. River Cafe Table 4 is a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.